Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like what you hear, please press subscribe. And also, if you could leave a review and rate this podcast, that would be amazing. Um, Thank you to the many of you who have already done that. It means so much to me, and I read every comment. So please review, rate, subscribe, and uh, tell your friends about this podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to discuss my sponsor today, which is Page One Books, because my summer book bundle is ready on pageonebooks.com. And the bundle that I've put together includes three books that I picked, uh, Montauk by Nicola Harrison, More Myself by Alicia Keys, and I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpot, all of which have been on this podcast here. Uh, it includes a Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books beach tote, a cute little library card pencil slash cosmetic case, and a water bottle for staying hydrated plus a little... Um, thing of sun lotion. So go to page1books.com, page one with the number one. So page number one books.com and check out my page one books summer bundle. Buy it as a gift, a housewarming, if you actually go somewhere or just give it to yourself. Everybody needs a treat. We've had a long spring. <laughs> page one books.com. I had the best time interviewing Danica McKellar about her latest book called The Times Machine. Danica is best known probably as her role as Winnie in The Wonder Years, at least I watched like every single episode of The Wonder Years. I'm wondering if maybe you did too. Anyway, she played Winnie. But since then, she has started something called McKellar Math. And it's beyond impressive. She found her own math theorem, spoke before the Congressional Committee in 2007 about why kids' math scores are far behind those in other countries and how we should really start in middle school targeting kids for math. She wrote all these different books. She's, this is actually her 10th math book. She wrote Math Doesn't Suck. And she wrote Kiss My Math. Hot X, Algebra Exposed, Girls Get Curves, Geometry Takes Shape. She's written children's books, 10 different books for every age of the spectrum. She's a summa cum laude graduate of UCLA with a degree in math and also still an actress. She was on The West Wing. She was on Project MC Squared, which my daughter loves. So she's just a total rock star and has dedicated her free time when she's not homeschooling her son or being an actress to writing math books to make math cool and teach kids everything they need to know. So Thank you to Danica for coming on the show, for inventing McKellar Math, and helping so many kids and families really get through the stress of learning math together. So I hope you enjoy our episode. I had the best time talking to her. Welcome, Danica. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm right? <a> mom. <laughs> yeah. And I only have one kid, so I can't, can't even imagine. I think no matter how many kids you have, it's like a piece of dough that like fills a baking tray. Do you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. no matter what you have, everything gets filled to the brim as soon as you have one child. It's <laughs> yes. Well, it probably also because I homeschool my one child. So that's more time consuming. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to talk about that now that like I spent a few months sort of homeschooling right. with the pandemic. How did you decide to homeschool? And I want to talk obviously about your books, but how did you decide to homeschool your son? Yeah. I, well, I had already been writing math books at that point. So I already had a really solid understanding of what I thought needed to get taught in math, but that was like aside the point. Yeah, I had him in preschool and it was just, he was bored and he just wasn't connecting. He was having fun with his extracurricular activities, but not that. And we're like, well, he's in preschool. I mean, we could, we could do this. So I started doing homeschooling stuff with him and loved it. You know, you have time to like go to uh, on field trips, whether it's the Discovery Cube or some other fun museum, hands-on learning figure out stuff on your own. So many fun YouTube videos out there teaching you all sorts of stuff. There's a great YouTube series called It's Okay to Be Smart. Tons of fun, science-y things. It's just, it's, look, I love learning. Obviously, I love learning and teaching and all that stuff. So it's, it's extra fun for me. So I thought, well, okay, we'll do this for as long as it makes sense. 
and it has continued to make sense. It's continued to go well. He continues to have lots of social time with kids and his extracurriculars. And yeah, look, I'm his mom. Okay. So he's now doing eighth grade math. I can't help it. He's doing algebra. It's, just, it's like super fun. And I, and I actually swore that I wouldn't push him. He just happens to really like math, really have a mind for it. I'm thinking he maybe got that from me. And <laughs> it's really, really, really fun to just see the light bulbs go out. I love, I love teaching him. And he's only nine and he's doing eighth grade math. Yeah. Well, beginning eighth grade math. Begin- we just okay. started. Yeah, <laughs> that counts. <It> was, <laughs> right. But regardless, I mean, that's, that's actually not something that it was a goal or is even important. It's not actually at all important. It just no. happens to be you know, like when you do yoga. You know, when you do yoga, they say it doesn't matter how flexible you are. As long as you're feeling a stretch, you're getting what you need to get out of it. Just like with that, with learning, you need to, it's, it's not about the stuff you learn. It's about how you learn so that later in life you can learn whatever your, your new job is or learn new coping skills for whatever situation you're put in or whatever it is. It's, it's about learning how to learn. And so that's, you know, the fact that he's doing algebra doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's, it doesn't put him ahead of anybody. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It really doesn't. It's just fun. And you don't, I feel like there was some headbutting, at least maybe because my kids weren't used to my trying to make them learn. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, but that's like, you know, <laughs> there's headbutting in all of life when you're a mom. Like yeah, there's true. whatever, brush your teeth, time to go to bed. It's all the same stuff. However, when it comes to homeschooling, I have come up with many you know, techniques and things that have been really useful. So if you go to my Instagram profile, and I'm just at Danica McKellar, if you go to the highlights, those little circles on the profile, I have one that says schooling at home. And it's tons of tips, videos that I made, even some with Draco, where we act out stuff that we do. And we can go into more of the details since we have time on this podcast too. But if I, people want to go check that out, it's a good resource that I put there. Because I know that a lot of parents are doing summer stuff and might be doing stuff in the fall too. Might be doing stuff all next year. Say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. Uh, (laughs) But the the point is I'm here to help. That's awesome. No, I will definitely go to your highlights. I've gone to your Instagram, of course, but I haven't gotten all those tips. So now I'm thrilled to have a resource because I was feeling a little overwhelmed, even just trying to get them to read this summer. And I read all the time. You know, you do math. I read all the time. I don't know. It's like, I just want them to love what I love. And sometimes that doesn't always work. But anyway, it's great to know about the highlights. So you majored in math. Well, first of all, you were winning on the wonder years. You're probably sick of talking about that. I can only imagine. I think I went through a phase when I was sick of hearing about the wonder years. And then I realized like, duh, this is this beautiful gift. People loved the show. I didn't play some annoying character that people like to make fun of. I played a character that people love, you know, and, and a show that people watch together as a family. And these same parents are familiar with me and they're buying my math books for their kids because they trust me because they know me from the, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And I don't take it for granted anymore. Like I did when I was like 15, when I was over it. And that was in the middle of the show when I was like, Oh, I'm done with this. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but now I really, it's, it's a beautiful path that has led me to where I am now. Oh, well, that's a great perspective on it. And I shouldn't have assumed you were sick of talking about it. I don't even know why I assumed that. Most people do. And I understand why. I mean, it's been 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, as I was preparing for this, I was like, I should show my kids the Wonder Years. Like, I never think to go back and play older shows for them. Instead, they're like, you know, Netflix, whatever. I don't know. But now I'm going to go. This is perfect. It's a perfect age. So the Wonder Years is, I believe, on Hulu, but they don't have the original music. Mm. However, you can get the DVDs. And the DVDs are full, like they have the right theme song for the show, which they don't have on Hulu. And they have the right music for all, all the background Motown hits. They're very expensive. And it actually took almost 25 years 
think it did take 25 years for the show to end up on DVD because nobody wanted to fork out the money to pay the upfront licensing fees for all these amazing Motown hits that are, there really are a character in the show. The music is a character in the show. So finally somebody's decided to do it and now it's available. Amazing. So, yeah. I don't even have a DVD player anymore. Do you have a DVD player? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you really don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I have well, one anymore. Blu-ray Blu player. The Blu-ray players, the Blu yeah, players play true. DVDs. Okay, yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll find a way to do it because now I'm <laughs> on a mission. Meanwhile, my daughter, who's 13, who I read, she and a girlfriend did the whole Times Machine book with me, your latest book, and I made them do all the exercises and read all the graphic novel-ish parts of it, and they loved it. But then when I showed a picture of you, I just was like, I don't know, I Anyway, when I showed a picture of you to my daughter, she's like, wait a minute, I know her. She's from Project MC Squared, which was like oh, her yes, favorite show, which I oh hadn't realized. And I, she even like had the notebooks for all of our, like, anyway, we have like Project MC Squared stuff everywhere. And I, I did That's not even incredible. realize we were in that because I never watched it with her, which is another probably bad parenting <laughs> moment, but. Anyway. No, 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 no. But that's a really fun show, Project MC Squared. And it's, it's like Charlie's Angels for teenage girls. And I play the Charlie. So I'm the one who gives them their missions. Girls, your mission today is the prince is in trouble. You must save him, you know, whatever it is. And they use science and math, but mostly science and logical problem solving skills to solve crimes. And it's really fun. It, it's They're super glamorous, but they also really love being smart. And I think they, it, one of the, the, the mottos of the show is smart is the new cool. So I love that. It's actually right in line with the books that I wrote for her age, in fact. I don't know if you're in. So if she's 13, then Kiss My Map would be the right book for her. I went online. I have all your books are on the okay. way. Every <laughs> oh, one of them. Uh, not the baby, although I have younger kids too. So I got them the 10 Magic Butterflies. And mm -hmm. yeah, I was like, Kiss My Curves or something. I was like, look at all kiss these awesome math. covers. Yeah. <laughs> right, kiss My Math. Kiss My Math. Kiss My Math is the pre-algebra one. It's Kiss My Math, showing pre-algebra with his boss. And then the girls get curves, geometry takes shape. That's the high school geometry book. But yeah, math time, math time is also a really fun one for your little ones. I don't know yes. if you saw that one. I did. They're a little old, but that's perfect for some nieces and nephews and stuff. How, so. Oh, how old? I don't even know how, how old are your kids. I have twins who are 13, boy and girl. Gosh. And then I have an almost seven-year-old. Next week, she'll be seven and a five-and-a-half-year-old boy. Oh, yeah. So they're a little old. Yeah, well, so the yeah, five-year-old. Ten, yeah, 10 magic butterflies. And then the almost seven-year-old would be, do not open this math book. So you've like cornered so, the, the, the market do, on all these is, books. Yes, I need to get, I got that one. Addition and subtraction. Oh, good. For your, yeah, your almost seven-year-old. Yes, that, that was for her, That my yeah. littler one. Yes. It's not often that I can talk to an author who has something for every child of mine. And this is pretty I, impressive. I mean, You know what? It's been, it, well, it's been almost 13 years now of writing books. So slowly but surely, this is book number 10. The Times Machine, the one that's just come out, is book number 10 for McKellar Math. But if you go to mckellarmath.com, you'll see all the books from ages zero to 16. And a big slider button that shows you, depending on your child's age, which book is the most appropriate. This was a dream of mine like two years ago. I'm like, okay, I want like a slider button. Because I was like, wait, I'm coming to a point where I've got this critical mass of books for all these different ages. And I want to make sure people know which one is, is best for their kid. I am like your prime target for the slider thing. Like that was perfect for me. I loved it. Thank you for putting that on your site. That was great. My pleasure. <laughs> so why, why did you decide to write all these books? Why did you, I know you majored in math and everything, but like what made you want to teach other people? What made you want to do it in book form? What made you want to turn math into something cool? Honestly, I mean. Well, so, okay. So back in the year 2000, which is 20 years ago now, I was asked to speak in front of a subcommittee of Congress about the importance of women in mathematics. And since we're on a podcast and I can tell you the whole story, <laughs> they were actually trying to get me 
to, it was a commission that was formed to try to get more money for women in, in college. So like stipends and things and, and scholarships. And I did, and they sent me this hundred page report of all the numbers, all the documents and the, all the, uh, the studies and the graphs and showing all the issues. And I, at this point, I'd graduated from UCLA, had a degree in mathematics. People were, all these articles were coming out like, oh, Winnie is a math whiz. And people were coming up to me in the street and not just saying, hey, we loved you on the Wonder Years, but why did you study math? Like, why would you do that to yourself? And so many women would say, oh, I could never do math. Oh, I just, I just, you know, I, oh, I had this one teacher, this one test, and that, I did fine. And then there was this one experience, and I never, I never looked back, and it was just too bad, you know. I couldn't do it from then on, and, and and I saw all this this failure and defeat. And then when I spoke in front of Congress and, and studied this report, it became crystal clear that middle school is the time when most young girls start to lose confidence in math. Not their grades; they're doing just fine, but they lose their confidence, and that's the beginning of the end. Because when you lose your confidence, you will you're telling yourself a story. You know, we all tell ourselves stories, the story of our own life. We repeat it many, many times, and then we find evidence to fulfill that story, whatever it is, and that's how people get stuck. Well, this is one of those things that people get stuck in, and 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 whether it's because they are afraid of not being popular because they think that if they're smart, then they won't, you know, they'll be intimidating to their friends, they'll lose their friends, or if they see all of the, the archetypes of the, the nerdy math student, oh, I don't want to be nerdy. And, you know, when you're in middle school, that's the time when math gets more complicated, and also when your hormones are just rushing around and you're confused and you're trying to figure out who you are. So I like to, this, I was just studying all this stuff about it. I go to Congress and, and I give my, like, I have four, uh, four minutes to give my speech. And my speech was by college, it's too late, <laughs> you know, inadvertently helping them to fail this, this request for more money. I was like, it's too late by then. Middle school is the time. If you want to put more money into middle school, give teachers better incentives in middle school. Let's hire some more, you know, give, like you get what you pay for. If, if, if you want really quality teachers, you've got to pay a little bit more, right? So I'm like, well, that's the logic. Let's, let's, let's focus the extra money there. <laughs> so I got so into this and was so obsessed with understanding what happens at that age. And just a few years later, I had a publicist say, hey, you should write a, a book for girls in math. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But, but like it was sort of percolating. And then an article came out about me in the New York Times, front page of the science section of the New York Times. This is 2005. I'll never forget it. And it talked about, it said, and I, because I'd written a math, I helped to co-author a theorem you know, to prove a new theorem in college. And it said, wonder year, it was like, actress become a superstar in math between series. So at that point I was on the West Wing again. So I was on the wonder years, then I wrote this theorem and then I was on the West Wing. And so this article was like, in between series, Danica McKellar becomes a superstar in math. And after that came out, a couple different book agents reached out to my manager and said, hey, would you like to write a book? We think she's an author of some sort. And I remember back to what that publicist had said. And I was thinking, wait a minute, I know exactly who I'd write books for. It'd be middle school girls. And I just knew. And I, and I had been, I always loved learning about math. And, and I'd always come up with fun little ways of remembering things. So writing that first book, Math Doesn't Suck. I remember the feeling very distinctly. It was like I'd been waving my arms around and somebody put me, picked me up and put me in the water and I was already swimming. I just, I, I, I knew what I needed to say. I knew how I wanted to say it. And the book just like flew. I just wrote it. Like, and I spent a lot of time with it, but it, it was just effortless. Hundreds of pages, super fun stuff, cute little characters. Like I, confidence boosting sidebars all throughout, quotes from girls about math. I loved, I loved writing that book. So that, and I thought that would be, the book. I didn't know there were going to be more. 
And that book took off. This was 2007 when it came out. And it, I mean, I was person of the week on ABC World News with Charles Gibson. Like, I mean, it was crazy. Newsweek, you name it. I was on, I was all over the place. The book sold crazy numbers and especially for a math book. And they're like, we'd like you to do another one. I was like, what, huh? Oh, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we want to come out next year. I'm like, what? I have, they had given me four months only to write the next one. But I knew what to do and I was excited about it. And so I wrote Kiss My Math. And that's actually, Kiss My Math might be my favorite book. That one and The Times Machine. These are my two favorites that I've written, I, I'm, I think. In terms of the content and how useful I really know they are. Like it's, I was really able to get to the nitty gritty of things and make it fun. I mean, Kiss My Math. I Kiss My Math when we're talking about integers. You know, integers are pleasant, super boring name, right? So how about, let's not call them integers. Let's call them mintagers. And they're mint, they're minty. So the positive mintagers are the ones that taste really good. And the negative mintagers are like those yucky jelly bean flavors, the Harry Potter, like boogers and whatever. So, and you can, you can combine a positive mintager and a negative mintager together and then neutralize each other. <laughs> like I had so much fun writing, coming up with creative ways of making dry, boring material fun. And that's really been my challenge. And I love a good challenge. That's why I was a math major in college in the first place. I love like, well, this looks nearly impossible. It's like, I think I'd be a good candidate for, I double dog dare you. You know, <laughs> I, I, if I see something looks really hard, that makes it interesting. So, so anyway, I've, I've just had so much fun channeling all of this into these books to really be a helpful resource. And this is for years now, but, and then when Common Core came out a few years back and all the parents were like, oh my gosh, what is this? That's when I started writing, do not open this math book. That's for ages, first and second grade. Because there are all these weird ways they're teaching adding and subtracting. You'd think that would be like the easy stuff. But parents were, were telling me, I can't help my six-year-old with their homework. What is going on? So I tackled that. I couldn't believe, this book took me like three years to, to write with all the illustrations. I couldn't believe nobody else came out with anything in the meantime. Nobody came out with a fun, easy guide for parents who are struggling with common core math. Why not? <laughs> I figured I'd be in line with a bunch of other books. Nope. And nothing really has been done since. So anyway, if you are struggling with your six or seven-year-old with their weird addition subtraction techniques, do not open this math book is the, is the one that I wrote for that. And in the back of it, there is a new math translation guide for grown-ups. All the new terms, because there is no borrowing and caring, or, you know, it's regrouping. And, and then the same thing with the times machine. So the times machine is really the follow-up to do not open this math book. The times machine is for third and fourth grade, and it it's the same characters, little Mr. Mouse and the little Danica character from Do Not Open This Math Book. It's got way more comics though in it. So I just because it's the times machine and we are time traveling after all, teaching multiplication and division with cartoons and comics, graphic novel stuff, like you said, that well we have to time travel. I mean, you know. Totally. So we see the dinosaurs, we meet Jane Goodall briefly with anyway there's so many fun little things I was able to put in travel all over the world China India Mexico I, I love the part about the history of how the name bagels came about I did not yes. know that that was such a fun fact and I wouldn't have expected it in a math book well you know what I I aim to please and surprise well there you go check <laughs> check plus <laughs> yeah and and so there so in the times machine there's also the new math translation guide for grown-ups in the back the same thing Tons of new topics. They teach multiplication with arrays now and all these, all these things and partial products method for multiplication. So it's all there to make sure that parents have a resource, especially these days. I mean, it's, it is crazy how much is on the parents' shoulders now for teaching their kids. Being with kids. I mean, parents in an unprecedented way are responsible for their kids' education. 
So I'm thrilled that my books are here as a resource. And in particular, the Times Machine, third and fourth grade, fills out now the entire span of ages. So now I actually have books for every age between zero and 16. And, and it couldn't have happened at a better time for parents. What you should really do is sell it as a box set. And then when somebody has a baby, you could be like, here is the box set. This is all you will need. Put it like in the library for the rest of your life. And your kids will just like learn as they go and then have it all ready. That's right. That's great. Yes. Yes. Good idea. Of course, with your outfit, you'll probably have like 20 more books by the time their kids got older. So never mind. That's a bad idea. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know I'm working on one right now. It's a picture book for 2022, right? But in terms of curriculum, I'm, I'm done. In terms of from zero to 16, it's covered. I fill in all the holes. So I'm, I'm feeling really good about that. Well, it was good too, because I, like when I grew up, I didn't learn about arrays. Like, I mean, that was just wasn't something, that wasn't the way we were taught. So anyway, so I was like, I asked my daughter when we were looking at it, I was like, is this the way you learn? Did you do arrays? And she's like, of course, you know, like, duh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So yeah, it's it's like a translation. So how to talk to your kids. Because I feel like, like I was good at math, you know, not like you, but like I did fine. I took math in college. Like I was fine at math. But like anytime I go to show my daughter, she's like, that's not the way we do it. Like my teacher won't like that. So anyway, this right, is like right, very exactly. helpful. So even and yeah, and so there's the thank you. At the end, it's the the new new math translation guide for grownups. But all throughout the book, I'll show like, yes. hey, this is how we used to do it, and here's you know all the side by side of division, that crazy division chart they do now, that place value chart. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so here's let's let's do one problem both ways: long division and with this crazy chart, so you can see that you're really doing the same thing. It just looks different, but it's actually the same. It's all the same stuff. I, Division, I prefer how we did it, but it's none of my business. Well, me you know, too. Whatever. Me too. But you know what, what they do, what, what, what the new stuff does is it makes it more visual. And then the idea is you take that. And then the way we learned it is now a shortcut. So now that you understand what's going on, now let's do the shortcut, which is what we learned. That's kind of how I look at it and the way I treat it in the books so that we, we do eventually for each, each way from a location with multi digits and also long division. I, of course, I teach the way that we learned as well and show how that is just an extension of what they're learning now. I think the greatest part is just you being a role model for how math is like a great, cool, fun thing. You know, I mean, it used to not be that cool. And now like with people like you and I don't know, it's just, that's just the greatest that, you know, my daughter often yeah. says like her favorite subject is math. And I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> so, so, so it's great. just so nice to have this whole like sort of renaissance of, of why math is cool and all the rest. I don't know. <laughs> you know math, math, yes, is very useful in life with finances. You know, you, we want to raise gen- generations of kids who are not afraid of the APR on their credit card statement, who understand what their mortgage contract means and all the rest of it. You, if you have you know, kids who are afraid of math, they'll turn into adults who avoid numbers. And that's just not good because, you know, who doesn't avoid numbers? The banks, credit card companies, they don't avoid them. They know what's going on and they will rip you off. So I, I, there's a very practical reason for being comfortable with numbers and not having them be the enemy, but having them be your friend and your ally, but also just doing problem solving in any form. And math is a great way to exercise that part of your brain. It sharpens your mind. It sharpens your ability to solve any kind of problem even something that has nothing to do with math or science. You you become more logical. You can see, well, what, what was I assuming here? What are, what are the actual facts? And what's an emotional response that I'm having versus what's actually real, which we could all use these days with the news. <laughs> and that kind of skill set and that kind of confidence that comes from feeling smart, from that comes from saying, like, maybe I don't love math, but I can totally do it. Like, that's what I want to make sure kids have. 
if they turn out that they love math, wonderful, fantastic. Maybe that's their passion and they would have been afraid of it before. Uh, maybe they want to pursue becoming a doctor and they have to, that requires calculus in college. So now they're not afraid of that. It's not going to get in their way. But, but really, I just want them to have that confidence that comes from feeling smart and capable and that stuff like that's not going to get in the way of their dreams. It's amazing. I feel like now I have to go do some math just to like figure out a way to manage my emotional responses to situations. <laughs> if that's all I have to do, I would save a lot of money in other, other pursuits that have tried to get me to calm down. So, <laughs> Hey, I have a whole list of books for you. <laughs> <laughs> are, do you are you going to write a book for grownups or no? I mean, the thing is, look, there are a bunch of products I could make, but I'm most interested in, in making products that I think are really needed because yeah. I'm an actress too. I'm busy making movies and stuff. I know, you're so busy. But, you know, I, and I'm homeschooling my son and writing books is really, it's, it's, a, it's a labor of love. It's not, it's not my main thing, even though it's something that I'm so passionate about and I'm thrilled to be able to do it, but I don't want to just make books for books sake. Like I don't want to just make products just cause I could, or just cause you know what I mean? Yes. I, I want to only create things that are actually filling a need. And so I don't know, it'll really depend on if I feel there's a need for something and there probably will be, is there a need for parents you know, they say that, but I'm not sure they actually are going to crack open the book, book, crack open the book. I think they're going to look at the book they got for their kids and work through it together. And that's my instinct about it. Could I make some fun little stocking stuffer book for, you know, like the joy of, you know, the joy of X, right? Ms. Math. Right? Oh. You know, sure, I could do it. Yeah. There's kitschy things I could do, but I just don't know that I want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only finite resource we have is our time, right? You have to like pick and choose and yeah. But also I don't want to like dilute my brand. Oh yeah, she'll just do anything with math in it. No, 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 no. The stuff that I do is for real helpful, for real inspirational, for real. So if, if something hits me like, oh my gosh, I know the thing I need to do for adults, then I do it. But for now... Adults have enough to do. Like you said, moms don't have time to read. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get the resources that are going to help save time for parents. Yes. yes. Save time. That uh, <laughs> would be great. Easier for their kids. Yes. yes. And then, yes. <laughs> let's all stay together. Save time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Save time. Save time. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Oh, gosh. Well, kind of what I was just talking about. Make sure there's a need for it. If you want to write something, make sure you're filling some sort of need and make sure it's something you're actually really passionate about because there's, there's the whole writing a book thing, but then beyond that, you have to sell the book. You got to be ready to talk about this book a lot for years and figure out ways of getting people to hear what you're saying. So that's the big, big part of it. First, you have to write, you have to write a book that's where you're super proud of it and it's actually really quality. And then you have to take that part for granted. Now it's time to, to sell it. Now it's time to put it out there. What my literary agent has told me when I've asked her, hey, I've got a friend who wants to be an author. She always says, look, first thing is in this day and age, you have to have a social media presence. So whatever it is you want to write about, you have to become that expert for your followers and gain a following. So you got to give away a lot of stuff for free. So while you're writing your book, write little tidbits. Spread it around. Find other people in your community, other writers, people who write the kind of same kind of books that you do, and retweet their stuff. Praise them, applaud them, get them, to, and then and give out free information for whatever it is. And then hopefully you'll have a big enough following so that when you finish your book, you can go out and find a literary agent who's interested in representing you because you have a following. Or you could just make your own theorem, or you know, like you. <laughs> <laughs> 
is there, and if there is the self-publishing route, of course you can do that. But even if you do that, you still need to have a following so people will buy your book. So Very true. Excellent advice. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for all this advice. Thanks for the books that will be, you know, arriving at my doorstep any minute to fill every gap in math for every child in my <laughs> home. So we'll be reading your words for a while. <laughs> thank you. Well, I'm, I'm so, thank you so much for having me on this. The, the full title is The Times Machine, Learn Multiplication and Division Like Yesterday, because of course the, the time travel involved. I'm so proud of it. It is so fun. The comics are great. Wonderful illustrator, Jose Massey. She did an amazing job. The nuances and the character spaces, the humor, because there's tons of humor throughout the book, as you've seen. I, I'm so proud of it, and I'm really excited to hear back from parents about it. Ah, oh, well, it was great, and I'm so glad I could get a little advanced peek by a day or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's fantastic. Congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Well, take care. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. Spread the word. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much to Page One Books for sponsoring today's episode. I hope you'll all check out my summer beach bundle at pageonebooks.com. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Zibby